and Solskjaer has won it. And you've heard that somewhere before. What a night for Manchester United. Okay, welcome to episode 25, uh, MUFC Pubcast. Um, now, obviously, no games this week, so we are going to look back on the early season review. It's only been four games. It feels like four months. But um, we're going to have a look at the past four games and just give our thoughts on the players, the new sign-ins, and obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's come in for a bit of a bit of criticism, I'd say. But first of all, Larry, how'd you pull up after the charity tournament on the weekend? Oh, man. Did, did you find your keys? Uh, well, I knew where my keys were. They were locked in the boot. Um, so, Tom, I didn't renew roadside assistance, so $304 later, it was quite an expensive mistake, mate, but I ended up getting here. Quite an ex- so some so uh, like some of our players, an expensive mistake, you're saying, your keys? I mean, I think the mistakes in the squad at the moment aren't really expensive ones, just just ones that we can't seem to get rid of. We finally got rid of Damien. Was he expensive? One million. One million. I, well, I don't know if it's been... 3.5. Yeah, I've heard one and a half and three and a half. So I'd say two and a half. Um, who, before we get into the century, who else left? Damien left, Chris Smallin left. Were there any other Alexis outs? Alexis Sanchez, that's an expensive oh, God, mistake. No. Jeez. God, yeah. Well, you still don't know how he's going to go in Italy. He could potentially end up back at United. I hope he does well, though. Um, so there's Lukaku left, Sanchez left. I keep thinking Mikatarin was our player in terms of that whole Sanchez Mikatarin deal. How Mik- funny Mikatarin is it? has gone to Roma as how well. How funny is it with that swap that they both leave? In the same transfer window, they both go to Italy. Who got the... Oh, God, there's no point. We got the worst of it with Sanchez. I'm sure Mikatarin contributed You'd say value more. for money, we got the worst of the deal. Uh, yeah. uh, no, and no, I think Mikatarin is frustrating as he was for Arsenal fans. I think I think he did do a little bit more for them. I think he popped up with a few goals. I don't want to go off track too much, but, you know, if I look at how we play now, how much would this current side benefit from someone like a Mikatarian? I know he was inconsistent, but if you're talking purely from a vision point of view, someone who can... Put in that ball in between the lines, like Mikatarian did that. You well, know, no, the, the guy I thought we'll miss or not missing, we never had him in the first place. I was calling out for Mandzukic on Saturday night. Oh, a striker when those balls were co- coming across the box from Daniel James. Oh, god, just had someone who could sniff out a goal. I'd, even, I'd go as far to say if Martial played that game, he gets at least one of those. Well, chances. yeah, no, yeah, I think Martial obviously a more natural, which we've discussed before, more natural striker than Rashford, but. We'll get into all that. So, what's first thing? Um, we'll start on the performances and the results. There's been yeah. it's only one win. God, but I don't think we're in the table. I think seventh or eighth. So we're not slipping down too far. I think we're above Tottenham, maybe. Did you see that article that United site put uh, out? That's embarrassing. Me personally, I don't have too much of an issue with it. I can see why people do, but it's the first line of the heading is opinion. If people don't treat it as an opinion, well, that's their problem. I, I do see stupidity behind it, but it's an opinion piece. It's an opinion piece on Manchester United's website. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but they're engaging with fans. They're giving fans... I don't know if it's a fan. I think it's one of their writers, but... Um, yeah, I, did you re- I didn't read the article, but no. I, saw, I saw the snippets from it. I what saw it? the title and I rolled my eyes and what I kept going. Where, where are we supposed to be coming, did it say? Second. Okay, well, it's not bad. I might give it a read. Might... Liverpool should have come first last season, apparently. <laughs> um... Okay, besides the results, so obviously been one win, two draws, and a loss. I think we'll focus more on the actual performances. Now, it has been a bit of a downward slope, but even the Chelsea match, the 4-0 win, I remember at the time, didn't really feel Chelsea that, had their chances. that the performance wasn't a 4-0 win. There was a chance no. that Chelsea could have won that 4-0, and if United didn't get that penalty. They hit the post twice in the first half. De Gea had a good game, especially compared to his recent performances. 
Um, so you're, you're general over the first month of the season, not not including pre-season, but just the actual football. What are your general thoughts on the actual performances? The pom- performance as a whole, I don't think is actually too bad. What I can say is a positive is, and what the criticism has been in the past is, what's our identity? Now that's some fans are struggling to resonate with that at the moment because we're not scoring goals and we're not getting results but I can see what we're trying to do you can see there's a Ali wants to play like a one-two pass wants to play a counter-attacking style and he's obviously he's obviously put a lot of emphasis in this high press high fitness um, focus for United but the problem with that is and we're we're seeing the the downfalls of the team and the exposure in the team of lack of creativity and you can't play that style I think particularly Wolves and Wolves and Southampton almost had very similar feels in the sense of where we hit that one nil and then we feel like we're in control of the game but then the second half comes and then the other team gets some momentum and then do you think it's more of a rather than a a systematic thing do you think it's more a mentality in terms of the moment something doesn't happen for us whether we don't score or a goal goes in or a referee decision goes against us, we almost not hit the panic button, but almost go into our shells and start to invite pressure? I don't think we go into our shells. You can see that we definitely try to be more creative. And I know people don't like Matic, but when he came on against Southampton and Pogba pushed up further forward, there was half chances there. So I don't think we go into our shell. I just think there's a genuine lack of creativity in the team. Um, I was going to say... See, I, I, there is a lack of creativity. You can't. There's no hiding from that. We don't create enough chances. Um, but do you think that? I think a lot of it changes. Pogba. Or we could do another ten episodes on Pogba, like we always do. But do you think in playing that four-two-three-one, Pogba is our creative force? But he's playing almost that the new term in modern football now is that quarterback role. Yeah. He's playing very deep, where it's a. It's because of the system. It's because we're playing two holding midfielders and a 10 who isn't the creative player, where Pogba's the creator from deep. Do you think it's the actual system of 4-2-3-1 which is holding us back and we should shift to just one holding and push Pogba further forward? Because if we rely on yeah. Pogba to create, we might as well try and get him to create in the actual, in the final third. Well, you could look at it two ways. You could look at it like these teams are sitting deep against us. If Southampton not too much... I think when you're but when you're playing at home and these lesser sides are coming, they're all just going to do what Crystal Palace did. Very compact. If that's the case, yeah, have one deep lying midfielder. You don't need two sixes sitting there. The other thing is maybe we need to look at going back to a four three three. When did we play our best football under Oli? But problem is you're missing an Ender Herrera now, and I don't know who in this current squad fills that role. Maybe Fred. Maybe he comes in. Is his wedding over? Is he back available? I don't know how many wives he has. Make these footballers, I'm telling you, but or could Gomez potentially come uh, in? Yeah, you hope so. Um, I think which we'll touch on next week in regards to how the Europa League is shaping up. I think those young players like Gomez and Greenwood will come straight in when we do have those games in the Europa, especially the home games. I think our first game is at home to the Kazakhstan, the Kazakhstan team. I don't know what their name, Astana. Um, you'd like to see Gomez and Greenwood, etc., to Anzabi playing a game like that but um, what was your previous point just then what you were talking about before we went on to Gomez uh, we are talking about our formation or how we could potentially line up yeah the, the formation yeah. there you are saying you're going to shift to a 4-3-3 one thing I want to just to it pushes pick, Pogba further forward as well I think that's the key thing I think 
because at the moment he's losing the ball, he's losing the ball on the on the foot of the back four. Where if he loses the ball in that final third, how many times did he lose the minute lose the ball in about a three minute uh, time period towards the end of the first half? Andreas Pereira was doing that to be fair in the first half. If you were playing a drinking game of <laughs> how many times can Pogba lose the ball? Every time he does it, you take a shot. Uh, Tom, there would have been some bodies in Piermont Bridge Hotel, mate. We've been crawling out. But um, just on there, just on highlighting the back four, I think everyone agrees, okay, our back four is better this season. But when you when you look at and I 100% agree, it is better on paper, it's better, and I, I do feel more comfortable, so yeah. that is a sign of it being better. But we are giving up chances. Now, is that chance coming from the back four making mistakes, or is it the pressure being invited from the lack of discipline in midfield? Uh, there's, a, the, there's so many different avenues you can draw. But um, the back four has improved, but has it, really? I think it definitely has. The, the thing is, in the second half, what's happening is we're, we're getting into the lead or we're, we're, we're ascending dominance, asserting dominance, but like in the Crystal Palace game. But then in the second, it seems to be in the second half. We seem to have a drop-off in intensity there. Fitness or...? I don't think it's fitness. Um, the team seems to be fit and running till the final whistle. We saw it again in the Chelsea game. Yeah. Full of running. I guess it helps when you're winning. But fitness isn't the issue. It's a, it's a mentality. If you, you have to expect that the opposition's going to come out. And you have to be prepared for that. And you have to be mentally prepared to... You, look, you're not going to dominate the game for the full 90 minutes unless you have a squad like Manchester City, which we don't. It, it's a mentality. You need to be able to handle that onslaught. And when the onslaught comes... Protect your defence, protect your goal, and then you can assert your dominance again. We're not handling those key moments, and then we're. But, but we're not handling that, and I, I agree we're not hand, handling that. But that's where it comes back to what I said earlier. Do you think it's a leadership issue? Who's our captain? Ashley Young, and sometimes well, De Gea. Well, that's the problem. I, I don't know what De Gea's English is like. Do you? It's a very English-heavy no, squad. Played better than Rooney's when Rooney was captain for a while. Uh, I still can't understand Rooney, <laughs> but. You know what? People criticise Rooney, but what Rooney did do is he, he definitely spoke. We miss a Wayne Rooney. We're now. missing a Rooney. We're missing a, like even Zlatan, who's great yeah. leadership. Schwein's like there's it's a very we have the youngest squad in the Premier League in the last four games, youngest squad in the Premier League. Which so, which everyone calls for. Which everyone says I'll play the kids, and now we're playing. Or not, not so we're not playing the kids, but we do have a young squad now. And then you, you see the sort of the negatives in that. Not not the negatives, but the downside where you do miss that experience, which is so key. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to look at our current squad, the two leaders who stand out, you've got Pogba, who doesn't want to be there, let's be honest. He's being professional, but he doesn't want to be there. And you've got Mag- Watching Maguire, he does point and direct a lot, which I do like, but he's making some crucial errors. And when you're making those errors, it's hard for people to look at you like the leader, you know what I mean? How many bad games did Roy Keane have? How many bad games did Rio or Nemanja have? When they wore the armband, yeah. 8 out of 10 most weeks... Yeah. That's the problem. Maguire, for me, he, he looks like he could be a captain, but he needs to eradicate those errors from his game. Then you could look at giving him the armband. I think the result... OK, take the QPR result um, out of it. A 2-1 loss at home to anyone, especially a team to QPR. What am I thinking? Oh, we played QPR on the charity tournament. <laughs> um, take, take away the Palace result. The results by themselves... They, oh, draw away at Southampton. Well, you do want to win the game. A draw away at Wolves. They're sort of results you can take. But when they come back to back to back with no win in between, yeah. it's a hell of a lot worse. It feels a lot more frustrated. And... If we don't win against Leicester, I worry, oh. I worry about what's going to happen. Because, to be fair, 
the media haven't really been pushing on Ollie's buttons too much, and I think that's because he's a nice guy and he's treated them really well. The media used to love Mourinho. I don't know if people remember that. They they adored Mourinho. And then it all started to turn sour once he got sacked from Chelsea. And then they pretty much pushed him out slowly but surely. The fans, the results, it all it all, you know, is perfect storm. But if we lose against Leicester, mate, the storm's gonna start. We said it, we called it, we said it in the off-season. We said it at the end of last season. Look, Oli doesn't have the squad. And does he deserve the patience? Does he deserve the time? You could say yes, but he needs to get better results against the teams we're not getting results against. Because against the bigger sides, maybe you're not going to get those results. Well, we'll get into Solskjaer in a little bit. Now, just before we move on to the next topic, if we can grade it, maybe give it an out of 10 mark first four games not four games in, re- in regards to results that's a probably a two out of ten yeah. but in terms of the general feelings and the performances out of ten first four games four oh you have to take I'll the result I'll give it a five game. and a half which isn't too much <laughs> I mean reason I say four is because it's just those drop offs that it's really hurting us yeah. and just you know what it's the defensive defensive concerns for me you know <laughs> Lindelof was our best centre-back last year, but it was also the year we conceded the most goals in the Premier League. So he's getting exposed now. That's that's two mistakes on the bounce where he's getting exposed in the air. And I've heard the argument, Duncan Castle's our, our best mate. He, he claimed that Maguire should have reset and swapped with Lindelof. Well, Maguire does play on the left, so when they come out... For me, and I, look, it's not great for podcast viewing or podcast listening with no visuals... But it was an issue between Rashford and Lindelof for me. There was a miscommunication. Both pointed to the big fellow at the south end and said, you got him. Both drifted towards the ball. And to be fair, OK, we can pick the bones and say it was Lindelof's mistake. It was a very good cross. It was a cross deeper than Lindelof. Um, you could quite, if it was a right back, maybe one Bissaka might have been, should have been tucked in early, um, should have been tucked in closer. So, look, it's a good cross. The guy was a giant. I think he's tall, probably the tallest player on the pitch who scored the goal. If um, Maguire marks him, though, I don't think that goal happens. Yeah, but if Maguire marks him, then the cross goes to someone else, and you just never know. There's too many different things. I think we're trying to find someone to blame. Now, on Maguire, we'll try and switch it to a few positives. There has been probably three positives of the season so far, the three new signings. We'll go through each signing now. We'll start with Harry Maguire, the big signing. I think he's um, been solid. Yeah, I think that's the thing, he's been good. Maybe we overestimated in the first game because it was 4-0, everyone was excited and we'll give him 10 out of 10 for Harry Maguire. I think he's good. He's been almost, yeah, what you'd expect of him. But yeah. I would say an 8, eight out of 10 performances, but solid 7. Yeah, uh, no, I definitely agree with Which that. Which compared to the when you're on eggshells with Phil Jones and Chris Small and Rojo, a 7 yeah. out of 10 will take. Yeah, no, it's definitely improved our defensive line. And like I was saying earlier, I really like how he's directing players. Like, there's times, and I saw it at the Wolves game as well, he'll tell he'll tell someone in midfield, go here when the, someone else is in position to, you know, have another avenue to pass to. I haven't seen, and we, I guess we haven't seen yet, him in one-on-one situations. I think that's the best judgment you can make of a defender. He'll have it against Jamie Vardy, you'd assume. Well, yeah, he will, against his old club. Yeah. You want, That's when you want to perform, so... Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how he goes in one-on-one situations. I think, in the case of Jamie Vardy, I mean, we can talk more about it when we do the preview, but you'd think Lindelof... So that's the perfect game for Lindelof. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll do well against Jamie Lindelof Vardy. Lindelof plays so well against balls on the floor. It's the aerial threat, so... Yeah. But yeah, I hope Maguire has a good game, but he's definitely been solid. 
Yeah, no, I'd say he's been a lot better on the, sort of a lot better on the ball than I thought he'd be. I knew everyone sort of raved, well, not raved about, but yeah. said he's very good on the ball. But um, and our attacking play hasn't benefited too much, but I think the potential for our attacking play is there now with Harry Maguire being that extra, extra bit comfortable. When we can push Bobble further forward, I think Harry Maguire will. It might not look like it, but I think he will have a bigger impact on the team as we go forward. Now stay in the back four, one Bissaka. I think outstanding. Except going forward, and, and I'm the last. I'm, I'm very positive. I'm the last person to criticise a player usually, and you cannot fault him. He's ten out of ten. You could argue he's the best right back defensively in the world, but literally no, nothing gets past him. But he's unbelievable. My criticism, and I was a fan of Antonio, but I was one of the rare fans of Valencia. Valencia looks good going forward to, compared to one Bissaka. Yeah, he could do a little bit more. Um, and, and again, that is not criticising at all. I just think in terms of the, the amount of ball we've had on the right-hand side and the amount of times he's got in those positions, and it's not all his fault. There could be more movement in front of him, etc. But just think some of the decision-making in the final third from him is... And again, a lot of it's not wrong. He's not making mistakes. He's just not doing enough for me. Yeah, I think he could definitely work on his end product. Um, but, you know, if, if he can just work on... just It's just that hesitation. Just... Yeah. Get there, take no, the cross. You know I said the hesitation. I don't, it might not be his fault. It might yeah. be in front of him. People making the wrong runs. And yeah, that's yeah. true. I still think there's a real balance issue with the right hand side. Yeah. Whoever's played there, I don't feel like they really give him a lot of width. Yeah. Or he's looking up and there's no one there. So, I mean, as a collective, it could be better. But I do agree, he could add a bit more in the final, in the final third. No, but as said, like he solved that, which we saw, thought Darmin was going to solve that right back issue, and he so did solve it for a month when he signed. Then Sanchez um, ruined his career. Yeah, then it. Sanchez came to United and ruined his own career. So Juan Vasaga has now had that month, and he looks like he has solved the right back issue. Let's just hope. Let's hope it continues. It, it should. He has pulled out of the England duty. I assume he now will probably be injured for six weeks with a back injury. Oh, no I'd, I'd say it's a. I'd say it's not a big. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But God, I saw this yeah. happen under Fergie a fair oh. bit, didn't we? Yeah, but welcome to United. Getting him injured on international duty. Part of the course now. Daniel James, he's one who has split opinion, but doesn't split opinion in terms of what counts, putting the ball in the goal. Highest goal scorer, yeah, three he, and four. He's, I'm learning the three very good goals. Um, as I said, which we've mentioned here before, I think he's far better on the right, but he's very productive and he's very wasteful. Do you actually think he plays better on the right? I think he does. Really? Um, That's interesting, mate. No, no, in terms of, I think he offers more from the right, but he's proven me wrong by being more productive off the left. Yeah, I think for the balance of the team, it's probably better he's on the right, but yeah, he, he, on, he, the, he's on making, the left. He's making the difference on the left, but I think he's yeah. just as wasteful on the left. So it's that balance. Against like Southampton. He pretty much air-swinged the ball on South, against Southampton. There were some crosses that were hit and miss, but some crosses actually getting into good areas and just not having someone on the end of them to put him in the back of the net. Um, Southampton for me was his best performance, definitely. I see last week. He I think he's, try, he's trying to make stuff happen against Southampton. Absolutely, um, good intensity, good pace. So like against Crystal Palace, he scored the goal, but I thought his overall performance was actually really poor. Whereas against Southampton, I felt like those crosses actually had some purpose. Yeah. Some didn't hit the mark, but now I'm saying okay, maybe there's a player there, and he, every goal he scores does. Does he know? Does this guy know how to score a goal that's not a screamer? Yeah. I'll see. We better, well, we're almost relying on him now to do the same against Leicester. He's a starting player now. Yeah. He, he's not a bench player. He's not someone we hope to come on last 20 minutes. He, he starts now. Well, he keeps performing. Um, no doubt. Now, so that's one thing Oli has got right. The signings and one thing, even the even the people who have gone out, and we can say maybe it's too many, etc. But the ins and outs now under Oli, 
got rid of Fellaini in January, which a lot of people forget about. That was Solskjaer's almost first order of business. Herrera, almost you'd think it was out of his hands in terms of what happened. He wanted to keep him. But everything else in terms of the play, the three signings look good. Obviously, you can't judge a signing. Really, you can't judge a sign until they leave the club. No. We're not, but might not be able to judge one stuff of ten years. Then we'll know what type of signing he was. Same with James. Same with Fulai. But the outs, I think, ninety percent of people agree with. Maybe could have kept one in a certain area, but individually, I think they're all right to get rid of. So Solskjaer is doing the right thing off the field. So we'll get into Solskjaer now. As I mentioned earlier, the media might start to turn on him in the inevitable defeat to Leicester or the inevitable one-all draw. Yeah, I mean, the pressure's going to start. And you know what? I don't remember when we did I think it was our end-of-season review, but I think the, the, the pressure cook is going to come at Christmas. Where we're sitting at that point, I think that's, that's where it'll be determined. Um, look, if, and I've said this, even if we don't finish in the top four, while I obviously wouldn't be thrilled with it, as long as there's progress, I think you deal with it. If we're finishing 5th or 6th or even 7th at a stretch, it's okay. As long as there's progress, as long as there's an identity, you can see that there's definitely an improvement, there's definitely a plan. You can see with a few more signings, we look good. The problem for me at the moment is we're not beating Crystal Palaces and Southamptons and Wolves, I can handle a draw. But, but it's a game, all, the, all three games could have easily won. You know what I mean? And for me, it's just a tactical tweak. See, what I think, and I take back to when we're under Van Hal and under Mourinho and having those same results, let's say a loss to Crystal Palace or a draw at Southampton, and those performances, I saw nothing. And under Solskjaer, I'm not seeing fantastic Alex Ferguson football, but I'm seeing something there. There's some type of improvement, some type of hope that you think, you know, we can go forward, we can score a goal here. Yeah. There's that sort of, there's the intent behind the play. So what... And I'm not taking any positives out of it, but what I hope and sort of is starting to eventuate is the blame is being shifted from the manager to where the real problem is. Because we all blame Moyes, or technically Moyes probably was a problem. Um, we all blame Van Hal. We all blame Mourinho. Well, the two are the best managers in the world. Both can't be wrong. So I think now the problem is being highlighted. Where Solskjaer, you can, you can definitely see a change in intent, which is what the fans want. We want to see good attacking football. But the problem is still there, and that's above him. So I'm hoping, because it, it might get worse before it gets better. With Leicester almost probably start favourites, not favourites, but in a lot of people's eyes, they probably do start favourites. They've got favorites. a better midfield than us. So um, the results could get worse. And I, th- the more and more I think about it now, the more I think Solskjaer is the right person. Because as bad as... Imagine how bad we've been, or not imagine, look at how bad we've been. We're above Tottenham. I think we're above Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, no, Chelsea might be above us, maybe. Um, I think they're above us by one spot. We're above yeah. Tottenham. Everyone wants Pochettino. Yeah. Pochettino has his squad. He has everyone available. This part of his vision. Think how bad he's been. You know what's also been really lazy by a lot of journalists and a lot of pundits? They keep bringing up the record. Like, we're saying one win in... Or one clean sheet in 19 games. Or one win in 15 games. Or whatever it is. Don't count last season. Last yeah. season's done. You count this season from the Chelsea game up until the Southampton game. Yeah. I don't care what happened last season. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, especially, and always, always across the board, you have to treat it like that. But especially in the United situation, yeah. or where they came from, Mourinho. It's lazy. And the, the whole context with the squad. Yeah, um, yeah you have to do that with, with every team, but especially the, way, the whole scenario surrounding United. New players. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, Solskjaer, so... 
has the four game, well now we will go back into last season as well as, as well these four games does anything change in your opinion on his future like no I think he's the man for the job um, I mean he, nothing nothing at the moment for me suggests otherwise but my concern is is he getting tactically found out you know and you know what we're going to find out against Leicester because and, you know and we're going to find out in the coming weeks because he's going to have to we have five games in September pretty sure Liverpool's in that Arsenal's in that Newcastle's yeah, in that got some tough games and you've got Europa League games in the, in the middle of those so we're going to see one how he manages the, the thin squad he has and two how are you going to adapt tactically to those different sides actually think against similar to Van Gaal Van Gaal thrived against the bigger sides it was the smaller sides where we had a problem I feel like it's going to be a similar scenario with Oli because he loves to prefers to play a counter-attacking style I don't know so much if that's because he's stubborn or is that because of the personnel we have he just doesn't feel like we, we're a team that can dominate possession play a quick one-two with a through ball at the end you yeah. know what I mean I mean if you have Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva and Bernardo Silva in oh, your midfield when you go through the actual quality and we've mentioned that with Leicester we've mentioned yeah. they've got a better midfield when you actually go through on paper and again football's played on grass not on paper but so many teams do have better players than us and when you yeah. look at okay our finishing position the last couple of years has been sort of 5th, 6th that sort of area it's probably where we are in terms of the quality of player it and the quality of player comes from upstairs from Woodward and the Glazers we're all thrilled with the players out, and Ollie has a big part to play in that. But then you're looking at players in. I'm sure if you asked Ollie, hey mate, he not in front of the camera. I think if you were his friend and you're asking him, did you get all the players in you wanted? There's no way he'd be thrilled. Three signings, he'd 100% know where lie in midfield. Yeah. That's the biggest concern for me. Even in attack, Tom, what about Marcus Rashford? That's the one where Ollie's got a decision to make for me because. For me, he's 21. I'm not going to write him off just yet. But the longer it goes, to me, it's clear he's not a United striker. It's almost proven to me... God, well, like Sanchez, we could do a whole episode on Marcus Rashford. But he's almost a victim of the English press. And when he bursted onto the scene, they saw a, they saw a chance where they just pounced on it. Let's build this guy up because he's going to become a superstar and we can tear this superstar to shreds in a few years' time. Yeah. And now the hype that was surrounding him during his, build, during his um, progression through the ranks, or not through the ranks, but through first team into the World Cup squad, etc. And now he's at the top. He's the biggest name in English football almost. So name a, maybe Harry Kane. But I suppose Marcus Rashford probably dominates the headlines more than Harry Kane does. Besides when Harry Kane's trying to win penalties. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I don't think he's been that bad, but he's on this pedestal now where the English press are just... He's not, he's not what they build him up to be. Yeah. He, he's a very good young footballer coming through. They put him as this the next Wayne Rooney. Where he, no, he's he's wasn't not. A, he wasn't that quality He'll never footballer. be that, exactly. Um, I still but, think he's, he's definitely no, 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 a United no, he'll, player. He'll be a very good player for United. Yeah. But he's not going to be Ryan Giggs. He's not going to be Wayne Rooney. No, he's not. Um, which is fine. You, you can go it and have one, you can be a club legend without being those two. Absolutely. But... Um, yeah, but I think not only the media did that, uh, have done that, but what now, what, when the media do, do that is now the fans now believe that and the fans have that expectation and now the fans start to turn and think, well, we expect this yeah. superstar. He's not this superstar who's delivering. Well, if you actually watch him in the youth team, God, was it now five years ago, four or five years ago? He was never he, prolific. Yeah, he's a right winger who was very good. He was a hard-working right winger, a bit of pace. Sometimes he, played, he actually played at 10 sometimes. He, he wasn't the one to come through. He came through just through luck. Yeah. Um, 
So again, Will like, Kane. No, sorry, Michael Kane. Well, no, Will. Will Kane. What am I doing? Well, well, he was injured. He was the one who was going to yeah. come through. He, he was the more promising one. Josh Wilson. James. Josh Wilson. I'm, my, I'm, my name's all over the place. Yeah, they were the promising strikers coming through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's funny how opportunity comes. It's, and this isn't me bashing Rashford by any means. I just I look at his game and I I just don't feel like he's added any bits to it. I, I can see he's put on a bit of size, which is great. But the 18-year-old who burst into the scene to now, do you see any change to his game? Because I find he's he's too up and down for me. There's not a lot of agility in so his he's game. He's almost gone from that... And I think it's lazy, but people often say, oh, there's no fear with a young player. They come in and they just play their natural game. Well, now he's, he's got that experience now where he's come in and now he's not trying to change his game, but he's trying to do different little things. He's trying to take responsibility and be the main man. Where Just be the player you were. Be the left winger with a lot of pace. Be that player. You don't have to be the main man. Yeah, but... And I'm sorry, but now maybe he's the main man because yeah. the contract they give him, they give him number ten shirt. Is... And I'll sign this back to Oli because Oli's put all his faith in Rashford and Martial. What I'm saying is, is it coming back to, is it coming back to bite Oli, and or will it come back to bite Oli? Because from what I'm seeing, like what I was saying earlier, James was putting crosses into promising areas. Rashford was nowhere to be found, and that comes down to instinct and goal. Now, you can do all the training sessions in the world, and from all reports, that's what he's been doing with Martial and Rashford. But it's like, there's a reason why we call these players fox in a box, and there's a reason why they're so hard to find. Some things are just not there to be coached. It's just an instinct. Yeah. Being a goal scorer, how many great goal scorers are left? Yeah, no, I think you know that, what I mean? No, I think that's one of the things which definitely stood out against South and just... And obviously, eventually um, escalated the other day when Akadi, who was hev- not heavily linked with United, but he was a name thrown out there, has gone to PSG. They're not short of strikers, but they know the value of getting a goal scorer in. Losing Lukaku was the right thing, but if Lukaku played against Southampton, Probably. he gets two goals. Yeah. And we arguably win the game. No, no, hard to argue with that. Now, we'll try and finish on a positive for this episode. Um, as you know, we've got our, I don't know what we'll call it, Pubcast Player of the Season awards. We've been tallying the results, given it on a 3-2-1 system. Now, I'll just get them up on my phone. Now, not too many players have got the actual points yet because it's early in the season and the same players seem to be winning it. But in in sixth place, we've got Marcus Rashford on two points. Martial is also on two points. Now, someone would have him on minus four, but we have him on four. Paul Pogba on four. Daniel James, who got our man of the match against Southampton, is on five points, tied with Juan Bissaka, who was up there. Juan Bissaka, obviously doing well. But leading the race, I think he's got man of the match twice, um, Harry Maguire on six points. So I think the top three names there, Maguire, Juan Bissaka and James, the three new signings, um, that is proving the difference. The And you know what, shout out to Stephen Housen, because he, he's mentioned this before. There's been studies done where players... It's something about going to a new coach where you can... If you're teaching a player from scratch, it's a lot easier. Whereas players within the same team, if they've had different types of coaches and they've been taught a certain way, they get used to it. And there seems to be a transition period for those players to adjust. New signings, fresh team, fresh ideas, you adapt quicker. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And... But I think, yeah, you can see that initial burst, you can see the initial difference. 
I think they're players and I think they're the right players, whether that be the whole Brexit actually, they all being British players. They want to be there. Um, That's but, why we're going to But it looks like there's a future, a future with them. It does, you, can, you can understand that initial positivity around them, but they do look like players who will continue, um, especially Maguire and one for James. Who knows how his career will end up. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll try and finish on a positive, but it does look on those three. Um, that right, we've done Tom, our business. We'll obviously do uh, more reviews as the season goes. Call it right now. We can we can shoot ourselves later. Where are we? When Christmas comes, that's probably when we'll do our next review. When Christmas comes, where are we sitting? I think just nice at home in sixth place. I think sixth. We're almost where we belong. Where we've stayed the last couple of years. And is that is that? Is Oli keeping his job for six at Christmas? Yeah, I think if the football continues, like well, football, football is based on results. But I think if we can see the the right intent, which I think we will, um, yeah, I think six. And I'm assuming that is six and being still in the League Cup. Obviously, the FA Cup hasn't started, but um, qualified through the Europa League group, which I think is crucial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say I'll be happy with six, but I think if we're in six and still in the League Cup, still in the Europa League. I think as long as the board and who knows it's a whole new episode but Ollie is confident of getting a few funds in January I think he can definitely look forward to the end of the season then one more credit I will give Ollie he is playing the kids yeah more opportunities are going to come Tuan's AB sitting on the bench while Phil Jones and Marcus Rowe are eating crayons and Chris Wallen's off Chris eating, Wallen's eating off. pasta exactly yeah. so the vegans eat pasta yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 just, just check what they do in Italy these <laughs> Um, Mason Greenwood's played every game. I'm sure he'll get a start at some point. Yeah, he has to. Has he played every game? I think He's so. played every game. Yeah. And a start's going to come at some point. Um, yeah, he'll probably start against in the Europa League match. And that's another thing. With youth, is going to come in experience. And with youth, there's gonna, you're going to see results drop off. So, definitely agree with you. If, if, as long as we can see the intent there and the progression there, if we're sitting in six, I think that's, that's enough for Ollie to keep his job. Okay, I think that just about wraps us up for this episode now obviously no football this week so the next episode what do you mean? international football your favourite well on the international theme I'm talking real football but we will play I don't know what we'll think of a name for it we're going to do a podcast we're going to get pens and papers ready and put together an international 11 that will be on the spot there will be no preparation it will be both teams will have to require 22 nationalities so 11 each so for example if I pick an English player in my team, I can't have another English player, and Larry's team cannot have an English player. So, for example, if Larry was to pick David Beckham in his team, I can't pick Paul Scholes in my team. Okay, so there's going to be 22 different nationalities, and we'll leave it up to the comments to judge which 11 um, will win, or by how many goals my team will win. So, stay tuned for that. We'll release that at some stage throughout the international break, and I'm sure we'll be back for the Leicester and Astana game in what feels like a month away. (laughs) Next week. week. Um, So thank you for listening. Um, Make sure still stay on top of all Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you can subscribe on your podcast app so it just pops up on your app, on your phone, so you don't have to wait for any posts on Facebook and all that, um, please do. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for making another appearance, Larry. You're not heading overseas anytime soon? No, mate. I'm here for good now. No, beautiful. Okay. Again, thank you and stay tuned for that next episode soon. Cheers. See ya.